California Games. Now the summer will surely last forever. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. And I'm Sean. And that's it, um, you know, but the crew will surely last forever, right, Sean? I think nothing can tear us apart. Never, never gonna tear us apart. There you go. Uh, beautiful in excess song. Uh, but also, you know, just want to go back to that back cover for a second of the, the summer will surely last forever. It's a bit poetic as we, uh, are seeing, you know, the end of the summer now, uh, in 2021. But, uh, California Games promises us that as long as we have the cartridge in our consoles, if we're playing in winter, it's practically summer. Yeah. This game, uh, it, it does a very, medium job at creating a vibe and i think that's worth talking about yeah so i don't want to like uh pretend that this is some um, grand theft auto san andreas uh you know <laughs> picturing of, of california in any uh way shape or form but you know without talking about the actual gameplay do you feel like they sold you on the idea of like this is happening in california and has california vibes have you yourself been to california sean i've never been to california it's on my list um but I think that, you know, the pop culture idea of California is is pretty ingrained in everybody's in everybody's heads. Uh, you know, like the they tried to make the the title card, the license plate, but they didn't get the font right. So I'm like, that's off to a bad start. Like they had the idea, like they had the right idea, but they just didn't quite execute on that on that title card. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but I think you hit it on the. You know, you hit on the head there when you said the the pop culture image of California. That's really what this is. Like, I don't think like anything in this game sells me on the idea that it might be taking place on a particular uh, beach in California or like, you know, that these are things exclusive to California. But in in the late 80s, uh, you know, especially with like Saved by the Bell and stuff like that, like I think this is people's idea of California. And now, you know, if you're in. uh New York or rural Oklahoma, <laughs> like you can have that uh, feeling of being in California, encapsulated in sports video game format. Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. That's that's very generous of you. <laughs> very generous of me, but I guess what I meant is, is like when you play a baseball game, right? And uh, you know, you play at uh, a California stadium, right? Like for the Los Angeles Angels or Dodgers or something. You mm-hmm. never feel like, oh, I'm in California now, even though that's like literally a real location in California. Yeah, this, you know, they've got the the famous skateboarders of, of Los Angeles. They've got the famous hacky sackers of San Francisco. Um, <laughs> you surf at the beach, which I think is a town in California. It's, yeah, it basically hits all the strokes there. Yeah, and... Like you said, this is basically just another one of those games where we go down the line and play a series of little sports mini-games that are all under the same uh, theme. So this is made by Epix, and they made uh, the, they made winter games, which we absolutely hated. They made summer games, which we liked, and uh, I guess now they're like, hey, how about California? 
games. I, I'm not sure where spring <laughs> and winter went or why California was chosen over any California location. season. Yeah. Right. But don't you remember, we also played world games, and I feel like that could have just included California, but they doubled down on the idea that most of these sports happen exclusively uh, in California or that they're trying to encapsulate what California is via sports. I think you couldn't have said it better right there. So how do we feel about these games, though, right? Like, I mean, we, we, we all know that we didn't like winter games. That episode's pretty famous now. But, like, these games seem to just be... Um, mini games. Mini games or, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. How, how do you play these games, Sean? Do you actually, like, go through the, the gauntlet of going through each of them and gaining your scores and checking out what your high score is at the end? Or do you just say, like, I'm just going to play each mode and I kind of, you know, just like go into practice mode or tackle each one individually. Have you ever experienced the full game from beginning to end in one of these? Yeah, that's how I, I usually do these um, because it's kind of a genre in itself now, even though I think, yeah, that one company made all of them. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, I'll I'll play through the, the whole tournament with no, like, I think uh, the, the, pre- the previous games, you could be the only contestant, but in this one, you can be the only contestant, and that basically just serves as like a uh, a demo for each mode, because um, you win the trophy each time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I did one by one. Uh, if there's a game that I think is a little bit deeper or at least a little bit more interesting, I will after I do the little sampler, I'll go back into a practice mode or maybe or just like the single event mode. And play around with that. So I did that in here as well. And so let's just go down the line here. We've got skateboarding uh, up first where, uh, you know, not, uh, I guess, kind of like Skate or Die, right? Skate or Die was like a whole game based around skateboarding. But in this one, you have that half pipe mode, which is kind of similar. uh, But the controls are a lot different. Uh, Sean, what do you think of the controls here for skateboarding? (laughs) They were, uh, I I think, if I remember uh, Skate or Die correctly... Did did it have a half pipe? Yeah, it did have a half pipe. Okay. Um I think I was able to perform a bit better in the previous one because I don't remember being as frustrated by a half pipe um as in this one. I was able to like get some speed going because like your controls kind of reverse. Like you got to hold up and down in like a rhythmic uh fashion to gain some speed. Uh, which I, which is kind of cool. Like it, it feels a little bit more tactile that way. Um, but then when you try and do almost any uh, trick, I just kept falling and eating dirt. Um, I was able to do a couple of like the hand stalls, uh, kind of accidentally. Uh, but if I tried to do any kind of spin, I wasn't doing very good. Uh, it's very hard to pull off tricks in this mode. These games always seem to have that, though, Sean. Uh, you know, like, th- there's always a weird timing mechanic that just doesn't translate well for me in any of these uh, epics games. Like, that's that's their biggest downflaw is that, uh, you know, like, let's talk about, you, you were saying with the momentum of your skateboarding and how you have to, like, get higher is by when you're going up the half pipe, you hold the up button on the D-pad, and when you go down, you hold down. Now, that's kind of like, it's like a pendulum thing. Like, you have to think yeah. about where you are on the pendulum for that. And that made sense to me. And, uh, you know, at first I was like, oh, well, they could have just, you know, done that for me, I suppose. But I liked having control over how much speed I was going to have. 
I could only do the kick turns in this one. Which you are, could do the kick turns. Yes, and that's the only thing I was able to do successfully. Um, I was not able to even, uh, you know, hang like you were on the top of the half pipe or anything like that. Every time I tried that, it seemed like I was, you know, like they let you get the act of performing it. It shows that you've put the buttons in. But, but you then always bail. You, right, you always bail. You just didn't do the right thing at the last second, whatever that was supposed to be. Um, very frustrating experience. But I've noticed this a lot over and over again. So I don't know what it comes down to here uh, for this kind of thing. Should they have just given you more leeway on that and therefore like, yeah, everybody scores lots of points, but then it becomes like a score reward factor where like, you know, you're not just rewarded for scoring points. You have to score a certain amount of points or like take bigger leaps, you know? Like, I- I'm not sure what it is, but I don't think, you know, like performing tricks should have been so hard because that's like the entirety of this event. You're not thrilled by just going up and down on the half pipe. I feel like that's that's the standard experience that we would ex- we would expect movement in our games. I think the tricks is what you want to do. And so the fact that that becomes kind of a, uh, you know, a hard thing to pull off makes this uh, makes this particular skateboarding game, you know, not as fun as it could be because you could just add more different kinds of tricks or more different inputs. But they should have given a a larger, um, you know, input time to to pull it off. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I want to know what your secret was for for doing the kick turns, because anytime I tried because I was looking at the diagram in the manual for like, oh, this is what you do at this point uh, in order to to pull off this trick. And I thought I was doing it correctly, but every time I pressed the button to to do this kick turn, <laughs> which yeah. I, I don't think anybody actually calls. I, guess just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I thought it was just turning around. <laughs> yeah, I just fell off the board. And yeah. the, the board went in a different direction as me. Um and yeah, so I want to know how you did that. I, I guess you want to know how I did the hand stall. It was just, I guess we had different rhythms. So yeah, well, I'll tell you, I don't know, I don't know how it works for the hand stalls or not, but uh, for the kick turns, because of you know that happens at the lower half of the half pipe, uh, kind of before you start, before your body is vertical, um, you have to kind of do that where as you're going up the ramp, like like beforehand, before you're going up the ramp. That's when you do the first half of of the input, and then as you're turning around, you have to change the input. It's not oh. like it's not a one. It's not like a one two. It's I like see. a one two. You know, um, which was which made sense to me, but maybe that's why I wasn't able to pull off the um the air tricks because every time I tried to do those, um, I felt like I was just you know not reactive enough because it was basically showing me that. No matter what I was going to do, I was going to to screw up. Like I had lost control of my board. It's a, I guess, in this way, it's a, it's very similar to when I tried to skateboard when I was like thirteen years old. Yeah, you think you're going to just go out there and like you know Tony Hawk ollie, it up, right? Yeah, yeah, like like it's like yeah, yeah, Tony Hawk it up. But like even just like an ollie, you're like, all right, I'll start with the basics, whatever, and then you just never do that you never poured <laughs> in the air i did i was able to ollie uh that's not, nice it wasn't very it, it wasn't very dependable but i could do it once every three times so what's your air trick trick my air trick you know like uh in the game what was your trick to doing the air tricks i couldn't oh i'm uh, sorry <laughs> the uh that the, never, i didn't mean to disappoint oh you. Uh, the, the, hand, the handstand thing or whatever 
I, yeah, I, I guess I just felt whatever rhythm they wanted me to feel, and uh, I, I just sort of held the button for as long as it felt like a, a person would be able to hold that position, and then I let go, and it worked. So I have I have no idea how to describe it. Yeah, it, I don't know. There's something about, like, skate or die communicating better what you're doing and and having and having fun with it too but they also had a wider variety of tricks so maybe i don't know you know it's only one game of like seven in in california games so maybe they didn't have enough time to like put a bunch into the skateboarding but i would think you know skateboarding to me is like that feels like a you know i'm not sure about this but it feels like it was invented in california so like why not go all out if this is california games why not go all out on the skateboarding um and they just didn't you know I'm almost I'm almost positive that you're correct there. I think it uh, very much was a, a Los Angeles outer, like the out- outskirts of Los Angeles sort of thing. Yeah, uh, the Lords the of Dogtown. Yeah. All right. Uh, you feel good about skateboarding? I feel good about skateboarding. Because now I want to talk to you about a little game, uh, you know, well-known game called Footbag. <laughs> I just don't know. You know, maybe maybe they do call it that on the West Coast. Maybe that's like a different thing, you know? Like, maybe they call it Footbag. Have you ever heard it at all like that? I've never heard that term. I only know Hacky Sack. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's an East Coast thing. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. This is an East Coast-West Coast rivalry right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, Footbag to me sounds like they're trying to make it into a sport, though. You know, like it's close enough to football. They're like, this is competitive. Hacky Sack is a game you play with your friends where it's like um, four square or something like yeah. that. This, this footbag is like competitive freestyle Hacky Sack. Yeah, if, when you look at this guy, he he looks like a uh, like an acrobat. Like he looks so serious. He's in like he's got like a technique. He's got a stance. That you, I wouldn't really associate with hacky sack, um, and this actually was one of the. Uh, this felt better, like it almost felt good to play this game because the the bag seems to have some physics to it. Uh, so I I thought it was neat. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the bag has some physics to the sense that like it won't just keep going straight up. That would be really boring. Um, so it does like, even if you hit it straight on, it still does move ever so slightly to the left or right, uh, which is good. I don't know how they calculate that, but whatever. And (laughs) then, um, you know, again, the timing here is more forgiving. Um, if you, you know, if you want to hit it on your head or whatever, but miss, you still have a chance to like hit it with your foot, you know, or, um, even hitting it with your foot isn't like this precise, uh, yeah, there's like a hitbox. Right, exactly. As long as your foot is up in the air and makes contact with the the bag, doesn't really matter what happens next. But the you know the best part about this game is all the different tricks you can do. Again, this is like learning everything that skateboarding didn't do. Because I was like blown away by just like discovering new moves in a game that I thought really only had like you kick the bag and you hit it with your head. When I started like <laughs> jumping and doing back uh you know back turns like you could do 180s or I think that's do... called the dizzy dean. Yeah, oh, you remember. You <laughs> see, I was going to try and think about like putting up 
the terms on the on the dock here, but I was like, wow, there's just so many. It'd be a waste of my time. I know they're really they're really funny. There's the jester that I got. There's I got like the full axle. Apparently, there's like a readout of all the, uh, of of all the tricks that you did. Uh, but it also includes all the tricks that exist, which I think is a little presumptuous. Um, uh, it kind of reduces the amount of creativity that the sport of footbag can can uh, innovate. Uh, but I was only able to do like three or four of the tricks, and I don't even know what half of the other ones are. Well, most of them are just like a combination of uh, flipping your. Uh, what do you want to? How do you say that? Like you, when you when you jump, and now your back is turned to the screen like oh, a 180 a, jump a 180 right, so ground jump most of these are 180 ground jump combinations <laughs> with something else um and then also like it's a combination of where your foot is too though because if you notice yes uh, you can't control it but based on the location of the bag and where you are your foot will behave differently so you kind of have to uh pay attention to that and you know that is definitely uh a risky thing to do but is worth more points Oh, is yeah. that when you hit it with your foot, uh, especially like if you stick your foot way out or whatever, that ball, uh, ball, that bag goes flying to the other side. And <laughs> for some, for whatever reason, this guy plays on like his tippy toes. He like refuses to move any faster or just run. So you have to, which I guess is fine for a side. He has grace thing, is but, what you're saying. He yes. Has- yeah. I'm sure it's like the rules. You know how like race walking has rules where they can't like. <laughs> They can't run or jog. They have to. They specifically have to walk yeah. in this particular fashion. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, footbag. I'm sure. <laughs> we have to find the uh, the nearest footbag commission. Yes, and I also wasn't expecting to use my head so much in this game. Were you? No, it was like the main the main use of of body appendage for me because it's such a it's just a big target. Guy's got a big head. Yeah. Yep. That's I what think they that's said too. When he ca- oh, yeah. When he ca- yeah, no, it's fine. When he came out, uh, when he came out as a baby, they were like, "Oh, he's got a big head. He'll be amazing at football." But yeah, you're right. We're done with footbag. We can't we can't go any further with it. Let's talk about surfing. You know, something that I'm sure they do in California, but I would think that that would be saved for Hawaii games. Oh, I I, I don't know, man. I think like I think it's it's equally owned by by both by both states. California practically owns Hawaii anyway. Yeah, is is that based on anything or are you just saying that? You know how, like, you know, New Yorkers have Long Island to go vacation out to, like, the Hamptons? They just go way out to, to yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, they just go way out to Hawaii, and they just have, like, rental property there, and they don't <laughs> interact with any of the locals. It's great. Wow, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm sure it's a real nightmare for the people that live there, <coughs> people that go and notice it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> surfing is... Uh, you know, a Sean verified California sport. And I'm willing to allow that because I'm, I'm also pretty confident that like there, you know, any, any, uh, you know, even out here on the East coast, like where all the beaches are, there will be some surfing. I mean, and where, West- where was point break? Like, where was that set? Was that, was that California? Uh, sure. 
I think, if you want it to be. Then I think my point stands. There you go. So what'd you think of surfing, though, Sean? Uh, this one has the, uh, you know, it's just you, and the judges are, are grading you based on your performance. So uh, did you feel like, you know, a little performance shy around them? Were you, were you <laughs> trying to overperform for them, being like, oh, I got to score good for the judges and therefore wipe it out? Like, what was your thought process? You know, I really wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. I, I, I thought that, like, I was kind of torn between, like, are they scoring me on how many, how much air I can get off the, off the lip of the wave? Or is it how much time I can spend in, uh, the, the cylinder of the wave? I don't know what the term for that is, uh, in the biz. Um, so I didn't the know break, right? The break, yeah, the point break. <laughs> uh, so I have no idea what they were actually scoring me on. I knew that if I fell, it would be bad, um, or if I just went off to the bottom right and just like you just leave the game. I knew that wasn't good for your score, but uh, I got like a six point seven. I don't know if that's hey. just like the default or if that's good. Um, but yeah, I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to do. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of making sure that you stay on for as long of the duration as you can. Like if you wipe out early, you're pretty much just not going to score well at all. And so you do have to, you know, ride the wave for as long as possible. I think they give you like a really long time though, right? Like 90 seconds. Yeah. It's, I yeah. was in there for a while. So that, yeah, it's a long time to, um, to ask of, but you know, you can't just, uh, you know, go in a straight line and just continue to ride it out. You you have to do tricks. So it's like surviving as long as you can, plus the tricks that you do. And most of the tricks that you do are just, um, you know, building up some speed. You have to go down on the wave first, shoot back up, build up some speed, and hopefully, while you're in the air, uh, do a little uh, do a little spin or something. Oh, uh, I didn't even think yeah. to spin. But you don't have to do even a full spin if you can, if you don't think you have the momentum for it. Any kind of turns are accepted and appreciated and all that. So um, I noticed that no matter how much speed I built up, the 360 spin was really hard. Um, but just some like ups and downs, those were easy uh, air grades. Yeah, all I have like to do that. is sort so, of like match the angle at which you approached. On right, your, right. On for your some reason, like, yeah, the 360 one is like, and I don't know if this is just the game's graphics or not, but you ever get the feeling that like you went too high and now you're like beyond the wave and and the game shows you that you've fallen like behind the wave? Oh yeah, that does happen. Um I think that that happens if you land like horizontally. I, if that's if that's what I think it was, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm just wondering, like, you know, like, is that really a thing that could happen? Like, you could, you <laughs> I'm could sure it can. jump over the wave and go behind it. Like, yeah, I, maybe, yeah. I guess I have no reason to think that it wouldn't be possible. But um, in the game, it's you know because it just seems like a background, you know, like one solid background. I was a little surprised to be like crashing behind the wave. I was like, oh, would have thought I would have crashed in front of it, like wiped out or something. Well, I think like the. And it's too bad that Joe isn't here because he's our resident surfer. Um, but I think like it's supposed to be showing like you're you're constantly going to the right, but obviously they can't really show that very well because they need to they need to show the rest of what you're doing. 
Um, so I think that's just a just a low fidelity there. Yeah, and surfing also we have proof that this game was never approved by any kind of California tourism board or anything like that because every time you wipe out <sighs> you get the uh, in front of the wave, yeah, the shark shows up and I you know, I think that's just a misconception. Uh sharks don't just lurk in the water waiting for you to wipe out on <laughs> your board and then they're like, mm, I'm really hungry for some man meat and then they just eat you." Uh you know, not all sharks are like that. Some sharks, sure. It sounds Jaws, like absolutely. It sounds like you've been paid by uh, the shark lobby to say things like this. I could understand why you would say that, um, but you know, it, and it's a shame Joe's not here because he's our resident local shark, shark expert. week expert. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I just thought that was strange. Like, couldn't they? Couldn't they have included like just normal wipeouts too? Like, the shark seems like a fun gag, <laughs> a, a la like balloon fight. You know, like in balloon fight, occasionally there was that. Um, if you went too close to the water, that enemy would uh, eat you. You know, and that was oh, like a yeah. fun thing of like the you didn't lava, know where he was. Lava right? dragon or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, I don't know where he is uh, on the screen because he actually was programmed to just go back and forth. The, the shark, it's like. It's a cute thing once, and then it's like, oh, really? Like, the shark fucking murders me every time? <laughs> well, he murders you off screen, so it's okay. Yeah. All right. The, going back to the judges real quick, though, I thought that was a good idea. That's a good feature. Uh, something different to shake this up, so this way it's not just points based on, like, you know, the number of tricks you do or something like that. Like, technically, it all still is. Don't get me wrong. But, like, imagine if the footbag game was also just like a judges-based competition where you were just scored out of 10 based on, you know, how, um, you know, if you if you played footbag like a ballerina or not, you know, like it, the elegance of it all. Uh, so the surfing made me think that too of like, sometimes it's cool to just ride up the wave and ride down it because just surviving is also worth some points, right? Yeah, and I think that it's, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, sort of like the, this, the tier system in a lot of action games, or not, like the score, the scoring system in modern action games, where it's not like you get points, but you get a rating. Like you got the S, or you got the S plus plus, because I think a like a rating out of ten, like in this, or a letter grade in um, like those action games I was talking about, they at least give you a frame of reference. Because I don't know what fifty thousand points means in any context. It's just a Arbitrary number. Uh, but if I got an A, that means I did pretty good. Wow. You actually bring up a great point of, you know, and, and, and maybe we should talk about this for a minute because we're always talking about arcade games and high scores. But, like, would you be inclined to go back and play some shmups or even, like, Donkey Kong if they were just going to give you, like, you know, a uh, D through S ranking on it instead of a score? Like, if they just... If they just made it a little easier to define how well you're playing, would you go, would you consider going back? I think like it maybe it isn't a perfect one to one comparison because a lot of those games uh, you're not guaranteed to finish, and if you were to get an F, you probably just game overed. Um, but if they were to say like you get unlimited continues and you only respawn, and there are respawn points. So you don't have to start over the whole level again. Um, and they they took how how many times you had to respawn into uh, into consideration. Then yeah, I think I think a lot of shmups would be a lot more 
engaging if they did something like that. Yeah, it's almost like it's 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 on my want list now. You know, um, they do have retro achievements now, which if you have like a, I think if you play on certain emulators, you can connect to like retroachievements.org and it will register when you do things in an emulator, which is really cool. But now this is on the top of my wa- uh, want list <laughs> for like arcade games because yeah. you're right. Like even in uh, silly games like Sonic Adventure or whatever, like the fact yeah. that you get a score at the end of it is like, it's a nice incentive to replay some of those levels uh, because you're not thinking about like, you know, what's, what's 4 million points to me. Like you exactly. said, you know, it's, yeah. it's, what does what's the difference between A and S? Yeah. Very cool. Good good point there. Anything else you want to say about the judges though? Should they have given uh an S? <laughs> like an 11? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that'd be fun. I I would love to see what it takes to get an 11 in uh surfing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, you know, that's an interesting point though. You know, you're always keeping these conversations going because now you've got me thinking like for the people who really get any of these games right, right? Like, say, skateboarding or surfing. Say you've, like, mastered the California Games version of surfing. How much better of a time are you really having <laughs> compared to the person who's just getting by? You know, like, I'm not talking about the person who can't play the game because that's not a yeah. good time. But, like, you and I seemed like, you know, well, we were able to surf and we were... We're doing some like going up over the wave and stuff like that and come back down and we scored fairly okay with the judges. But does it really feel like unbelievable to be amazing at the surfing thing to be like, I am the master of surfing I, well, on California? Yeah, games? you just said it. I mean, like you, you would know better than me because you were one of the top ranked like guitar hero players at one point. So you, you know more about mastery than I do. Uh, so did that feel good? I mean, I was pretty okay at, at guitar hero. I would never get any leaderboard positions, but I had a lot of fun. Do you think you had more you know, fun than me? Yeah, that's an interesting point uh, on fun. Like, there's a whole... I think, no, I think we had the same amount of fun playing the game. If anything, I played it more stressful than you. <laughs> but there, uh, there's all of a sudden, like, there's a new kind of fun that isn't the same as playing the game. There's yeah. like a... It's almost like I've I've unlocked a deeper game of the leaderboards, you know? Something that the game wasn't really trying to make into a game but is now yeah. in itself its own game. And, uh, you know, I don't think California games is quite the one-to-one <laughs> with, uh, you know, dance and rhythm competition games. But I see what you're saying is, like, I don't I don't think, like, the person who plays California games and gets, like, the amazing high score has anything to really, like, show off for. But maybe they feel better that they've mastered it. <laughs> maybe there's more of a, a sense of achievement. But in terms of actual fun had... I would think that, uh, you know, most people are just having the same level of fun. Which in the case of surf is medium. Right, right. A medium level of fun. Unless you're really <laughs> surfing. In which case, go for oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, I meant like specifically this iteration of, of surfing. Roller skating is up next, and this takes a, um, you know, it seems like we're getting like an ABAB style of minigames here, where like skateboarding was was score-based and practice, you know, like let's just say judge-based or whatever. 
Footbag was a game that was more like, you know, hey, you've got this bag, do some fun tricks with it. Surfing went back to like the scoring based uh, kind of sports game. And now roller skating is like, it's an obstacle course. Yep. I This felt a lot like the skateboarding um, mini game in uh, the Surf Designs game that we played before. Um, where, I don't know, I think if you're going to do extreme sports, which I don't know if that was a term yet, um, I, I would still want it to be sort of that, 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 um, that trick-based, uh, like, run, ru- run and trick-based gameplay, whereas I, I don't really like this whole, like, linear obstacle course thing. You can do tricks, you can do, like, spin jumps, uh, over cracks in the, the, the sidewalk and, uh, self-propelled bouncing balls uh but i i didn't really like get into this one as much as uh, f- uh of course our favorite footbag uh it was yeah. very funny and it it did have it did i did feel some weight to it whenever you tripped or you fell like that that uh that animation of her just face planting really oofs <laughs> Yeah, it feels like um, it's a commentary on the state of sidewalks in uh, or boardwalks, maybe. But like, you know, like yeah, just yeah. a commentary on the state of that in California, because this is, again, one of those like obstacle courses where it's just like there's just too much wrong. You know, yeah. um, we played Paperboy. OK, yeah, it's but like that game boy. like le- that game leaned into it, you know, like uh, I don't think. Anything about skateboarding, footbag, or surfing made me think that when I was going to load up roller skating, it was just going to be like this crazy obstacle course of, uh, you know, like you said, bouncing balls and, um, you know, sand uh, little. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of weird things. But more importantly, I just feel like with these obstacle course levels in, in these NES games or whatever, especially for a sports oriented game, I feel like it's just trying to show you like how difficult it could be to like do the do those feats right so like oh it'd be you know like rollerblading is like really hard to have fun with if it's if nothing's happening to you so now imagine how hard rollerblading would be if all these things were happening to you but i don't really want to play as like a a roller skater having a tough time like i just played as a skateboarder who can barely land any tricks yeah and um a surfer who who really can just ride the wave so with roller skating, I'd like to actually, you know, like do some cool stuff, not be this novice roller skater. Yeah, that's basically just constantly what it is. Tripping over themselves. I, it, yeah. This is the first time in a video game, I think maybe ever, that I personally am better at this thing I'm doing than the, the video game I'm playing. Like if I'm playing Tony Hawk, I'm doing crazy things that no human being can do. Uh, and even like skate you are you're basically playing as a competent skateboarder with a bit more realistic move set um but in this like she can't hop over a crack in the in the floor you, she can't hop over a little bit of a like a a 3 degree incline ramp it's insane i i've never i've never heard of this kind of i guess it's like octodad where it's just hard to hard to live your own life but you you don't have a cartoonish body. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good it's a good point. But again, like Octodad was like leaning into that. Yeah, exactly. Like California games, you know, 
um, implied none of this going into it, especially being the, uh, you know, the fourth game that we're talking about now. And I, I, I just think like, even at this point, right, as, as 8-bit video games, like, it's all just escapism. So why make it like, you know, uh, this roller skater sucks? Like, <laughs> I want to play as the best roller skater ever. Yeah. You know, I already played as the best Italian plumber that ever lived. That's true. So let me get let me get on a roller skater who like has no problem with uh, you know, three inch brakes in the sidewalk. The flying disc, which I would like to refer from this point onwards as frisbee, um, but again, maybe that's just a East Coast West Coast thing. I would hope they call it frisbee I, over I there. I still think it's frisbee there, but you know, never been. This this was my jam, um, and not even just in real life, but like I really like this game, even if it was simple. Like maybe this is just showing what kind of gamer I am or whatever. But I felt like this was the right amount of. Being a being a unconventional sport, being easy to play, but then also like challenging you to be better than you were. You know, you were talking earlier about um, the you know Guitar Hero or being just mastery of something. Like this is something that I feel like anybody once they understand the rules, they can throw the frisbee and catch it. But now it's about well, how far can yeah. you throw it, and do you plan to uh, jump or dive or dive backwards when you when you catch it like this one was actually fun to challenge myself with because i knew um i could always start the setup and then it was all about like completing what i had started you know i knew you were gonna like this one because it it has a similar uh has a similar game mechanic setup as like golf like you've got meters uh there's a there's a there's like a place that you have to throw to and a place to to throw from, and there's always a better way to approach it than what you probably did. Um, so I, I did like this one. I think it's a little oversimplified, um, but I but it does. Even though I just said that, it has a little bit more depth than uh, what you would think just looking at uh, like the heads up display and everything that you have to do. Um, but yeah, I I thought this was a this was a good entry. Yeah, maybe they should have given you, like, more control of the Frisbee while it's in the air or, um, you know, even added, like, a randomized win factor. I'm not sure how much fun that would have been because the idea is always to, like, throw as far and pull off as cool a trick as possible. But, like, I don't know, maybe if it was, like, a best of three or something and the wind was always randomized, that would be... Yeah, the fact that there's only one attempt kind of sucks, but... uh, Yeah. I think think best of three would be be much more uh, engaging there. Right. And, and, you know, there's no there's no dismissing it. Like, it is this very simple game, but it says something that, like, we're enjoying it. You know, like, sometimes maybe you have to, like, ditch all the complications and um, and just, like, you know, agree with the player of, like, having a good time. Like, I almost feel like Frisbee and Footbag are, like, the picks right now be- because they're simpler enjoyable experiences that don't require like precise timing on these 8-bit graphics maybe it really does just come down to like 
what we're what we're dealing with here when it when we're talking about these timing mechanics. Like I just feel like Epics as a you know uh, software developer just did not get their timing mechanics down properly, and that's why we're having less fun with skateboarding, surfing, roller skating, and more fun with these um, you know simpler games because they avoid that timing. Yeah, mechanic. I think you're right. Um, the the ones that we've actually had positive positive things to say about have a, have a bit more leeway. Um, so yeah, I agree. We have BMX, and to be honest, Sean, by this point, I was just kind of exhausted. Like, I wasn't <laughs> sure if I was even gonna play BMX, um, and and so I didn't. I you uh, didn't play BMX. I, I just I couldn't bring myself just knowing stopped. that it was probably <laughs> knowing that it was probably gonna be like skateboarding, but on a bike. I just thought like I don't know, Sean. Sean could help. Me oh here. God. Okay. Uh, all right, so BMX is another obstacle course, um, but this one has, uh, it's a bit more, so in skate, in roller skating, you still had, like, the momentum of, you have to sort of tap A or B, I don't remember, uh, t- to gain speed, whereas this one, the big, like, uh, physics puzzle, if you can call it that, is like when to try and catch air and try and do your tricks because there are a lot of things that look like ramps but the but the area right in front of it is itself a ramp and you're going to have a hard time landing and you're probably going to lose a lot of momentum um so there's a little bit of strategy in determining like when you're going to like try and do a backflip or a kick out or whatever the hell these tricks are called um but it it falls into the same pitfalls as Skate uh, as not skateboarding as uh, roller skating uh, because it has way too many things just like littered in front of you. Like if this were an actual, uh, if this were an actual competition, th- there wouldn't just be tires laying in like just strewn about this uh, this course. It would be all about catching air and doing tricks. And don't give the people at American Ninja Warrior ideas. <laughs> They'll put tires on the courses. Yeah, I know. Um, but I mean, so I did like this better than roller skating because it wasn't just a flat plane and there was some strategy for like when to do tricks, but it it has the same problems and it's, it's nowhere near as good as footbag. Now for any of our listeners who didn't play this game before listening to this episode, I just experienced firsthand, Sean, what they experienced listening to yeah. us talk about each of these games. Is it completely and frustrating? <laughs> that's what. So that's what it comes down to. Is like it. You did a great job explaining it, and I could picture it, but it was just not even frustrating. It was stressful. <laughs> Why would I ever boot up this game? Like, I, like the things that you're describing and knowing the limitations of an NES. It's like that's just like for me. It's like. First off, I'm a little surprised to find out that BMX wasn't like skateboarding with the half pipe and stuff like yeah. that. I, I definitely wasn't expecting. It was more like excitement course bike for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that, that's a little surprising, but 
I don't know. Like you, you, you didn't exactly sell it on me, but it's not your job to sell it to me. Like no. I think Epics let me down here by being like, okay, last chance. Like there's still one last uh, sports mini game from Epics I can play on the NES, and I just kind of said pass. <laughs> That's incredible. I don't, I don't think we've ever gotten into a situation where the host of the show just decided not to play uh, a key part of a game. <laughs> well, we always try to spice things up on the show, right? Absolutely. You know, California Games appears in uh, this book that people see all the time, I'm sure, there's and there's other versions of it too, but it appears in 1001 Video Games You Must Play Before You Die. And now, I don't have what? a statement. I don't have a statement about California Games, right? I have a statement about these these books, 1001 Video Games, 1001 Movies, 1001 books which is hysterical in its own right yeah. if you think about it um i just think like nobody should ever like getting one of these lists is just ridiculous and it's a feat that uh you should hopefully by the first 100 entries realize that uh no nobody thought. other than you yeah. yeah like yeah nobody other than you should decide the 1001 video games you should play in your life um not because California Games is so bad that I don't think it's deserving. Um, I don't know. I can't think of a thousand and one better games off the top of my head. But it's just so surprising to me that, like, you know, you would you would consider um, must play games based on someone else's recommendations. You know, like, uh, I, you know, like a critic's choice. I understand and stuff like that up to a certain point. You know, for like the best of the year or whatever. But a thousand and one games that you got to play. Because of a book, that's just crazy to me. Oh yeah, the the concept is ridiculous, but yeah, I, I do think that, and maybe not specifically this series of, I don't know, meta, meta books or whatever. Uh, but I do think that having a list of recommendations is still worthwhile as like a jumping off point for discovering things yourself. I mean, that's why we have an essential games list. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say, though. I think it has to be like more, more curated and thought out. So, like, I wouldn't even trust IGN to make like a one thousand and one video games yeah. you must play. 1, you know, like it has to be much. like one hundred is right, too much. Right, right, exactly. I think it has to be more like these are the, uh, you know, the best GameCube games or whatever. You know, yeah. like, like, like it has to be a more focused list or like here's the greatest RPGs. You know, it's like yeah, cool. I agree with now that. That's like. A, that's a good starting place. Uh, when you have like 1,001 video games across, you know, uh, nine console generations and, you know, so much obsolete 50 hardware. genres and, like this, and... Yeah, and this game is no longer, like, you know, you have to buy this on eBay, uh, both the console and the game to pro play it properly. Like, I just don't think, like, what's the scope here, you know? But it's the same thing with the movies one, Sean. We both love movies. We know how to make movies. Um, <laughs> They're just pictures. The <laughs> right, they're just pictures. I would not recommend uh, anybody to just, like, take me up on my movie recommendations just because, like, I feel like I'm a trusted authority. I would say, like, <laughs> oh, you want to know, like, my top ten horror films? Like, here they are. You know, like, it's got to be something more streamlined. Yeah. I, when was this book, the book that you're referencing, published? Was this, like, in the 90s or was it, like, recent? Why would this ever be on a a modern list it was the believe it or not scary enough the book was published in 2010 oh my god yeah wow uh and so i'm just looking along here and it's uh 
1001 books you must read. Again, just crazy. Uh, you know, <laughs> you might only be able to read their book before you yeah. get to the other 1001. Uh, 1001 movies, 1001 albums you must hear before you die. Again, like, I can just tell you right now, like, yeah, you might discover new albums this way, but like, nobody could just tell you like a thousand and one music albums you're going to like or, or consider worth trying. Um, and then the last one, interesting, a thousand recordings to hear before you die. Just uh, like audio recordings of like, found uh, so sound. It's, it's a list of recordings, mostly albums with some singles. Um, so I can't tell what's different about it from the albums. So it also hear. includes singles and EPs. That's I guess they ran out of ideas. Yeah, man, yeah. I I don't know what else could they do though. A thousand and one what? A thousand foods to try. <laughs> yeah, a thousand and one cities to visit before you die. There you go. There you go. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. All right. Um. With more than 300,000 copies sold in the first nine months, California Games is the most successful Epics game, outselling each of the four previous and two subsequent titles in the company's games series. Now, I think that's interesting because California Games arguably has the smallest... um like reach, right? Like summer games for anybody who likes summer. <laughs> world games for people all over the world, like not just Americanized. But somehow California games winds up being uh the best selling entry. What do you make of that? Yeah, I'm not really I'm not really sure what to make of that. I guess because um I I imagine their their biggest audience was Japan and the States. Uh and we, I guess, like the the idea of California is a a shared cultural touch, touchstone. Uh, the the fact that winter and summer being more more general, um, had really didn't have that much of an effect. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass right now. Yeah, no, I mean it's all <laughs> speculation. Who who could really say why it sold any better? Maybe it just was like it didn't have as much competition or whatever for the month. Like who really knows? But I just thought that was interesting that, like, the, the most limited scope one, like, maybe that's just how it has to be sometimes. Maybe sometimes you really have to focus in to get the biggest audience, you know? Like, be sell your niche. Yeah, next is uh, Wisconsin Games. There you go. Uh, um, so, you know, that brings me to my next point, Sean. What's the legacy of the Epics Games series? I mean... You know, today, what is the legacy? Is this just the same now as every version of Madden except, like, the most recently released one? Like, these games basically serve no purpose anymore, right? <laughs> if you wanted to play skateboarding, surfing, you can't play footbag anywhere else as far as I know. As far as I uh, know, if yeah. You want, if you wanted to skateboard or surf, you'd probably just be better off playing a more recent video game, right? What's the legacy? Okay, I, I guess they're they're just novelties. I guess in the same way, maybe to a lesser extent, as they were when they were released. Uh, because I, the one thing that I always found uh, appealing about these games is that they're just samplers. Uh, they they try and take the most interesting uh, mechanic they can out of each of these sports slash games slash uh pastimes um and 
yeah, try to gamify it and you get like five minutes with each and you've you've you have a mini game. So I I I guess that's sort of it. Like this is the birth of the mini game as far as I know. Uh that's their yeah, legacy. No, that's a good point. And you know, like they served they served a much bigger um audience and purpose back then like when these games were released they probably were um you know because they were released on so many different platforms they probably were the best versions of skateboarding or surfing or whatever at that time you know yeah i guess i'm just saying like you know for the modern nes player right who has access to his nes and his ps5 right uh i don't know how he found a ps5 in the stores but let's (laughs) just go with it um to that gamer I feel like if they're going through the NES, like, we do it because we're, you know, like, that's what the show is set up for. We're going to play them all in chronological order or whatever. But for the guy who, like, buys California games and feels like he has to experience it, you know, and I'm not picking on just California games here. There's a whole bunch of games that are, you know, outdated now on the NES. Um, I just, I'm not sure when it becomes, like, owning these games just to say that you own them now for your NES versus, or, you know, or if they were like a part of your childhood versus like, you know, well, I really want to see what surfing was like, you know, for on the NES. Like, I really want to see how they played it back then. Like, I'm not so sure you're going to really like reap that experience from this. Yeah. I don't think aside from, again, like we keep pointing out these very niche, uh, these very niche sport things that we haven't seen, uh, a video game version of before or since aside from those little entries uh everything else has been improved upon and expanded in like to the point where the rest of it doesn't really serve any purpose anymore so you can kind of ignore this game in the future (laughs) yeah it's just like it's like madden you know um there, all the games at one point were the best version. I'm sure some years were controversial because, like, they were downgrades or whatever. But, like, let's just say even if that was true, right? Uh, there's now no point to be like, I want to own every copy from Madden 2001 to now, and I'm going to play them all, too. You know, like, I'm going to play a full season in each one and just, like, go through it. It's like, that's a cool idea for a podcast. Uh, I <laughs> can see how somebody would come to that conclusion. But... Um, it's definitely not just like something worth doing on your own, you know? No, I think like with a, with something like Madden or something as iterative as a yearly sports title, you only really need to play, um, whatever is considered the best of each generation, because I personally consider, uh, like the Xbox slash PS2 era to be like the experience that I wanted out of uh, a football game. And they kind of like have lost that the magic they had going forward. So I do think that they're they're still like in in yearly titles like that. There there is still stuff to be found in the in the older games, uh, but not in each year. You you have to be a bit more you have to be a, a bit more uh, choosy when you do something like that. Something like this though, where this is the most bare bones you can you can do surfing the most bare bones that you can do skateboarding. Yeah. It's been, it's been overshadowed. Right. Right. Well, well said, well said. I also just, you know, one last thing on California games, maybe I should have brought this up at the top when we were talking about California. (laughs) I feel like this could have taken, obviously epics wasn't going to do it, especially because they were making it for 
you know, dozens of platforms. And so they kind of just needed that, you know, computer layout of the main menu screen. So this way it just easily translates to every home computer that they ported on and every other console that they ported on. But this should have taken the same skate or die approach of like, you know, you're just walking around a California boardwalk and there's some cool like things to see. But then like when you walk over to the beach, you enter the surfing level. Yeah. Like, you know, if you go over to the... Yeah, to the roller skating like rentals, then you do the obstacle course by they the, could have done by a, the Yeah, they could have done a lot with presentation with this game that they yes. just chose not to. Um it's a missed opportunity. Um, especially now that it has been done before, uh, with Skate or Die. Uh but yeah, that could have added a lot of cool nostalgia value here. Yeah, it was definitely Skate or Die's coolest feature, to be honest. Yeah. Uh just just having that uh little hub. Absolutely. Real quick on sequels and spinoffs, just want to say that if you liked California games and uh, if you were epics, it was obviously a no-brainer to take your best-selling one and make a sequel. So California Games 2 uh, did come to the Super Nintendo and other platforms, uh, so it is wow. uh, It is a little later, and it is, um, you know, with, with cool 16-bit fidelity, but um, it sold less than California Games, and so maybe... Again, that's just like a, this one's just an anomaly, or they waited too long, and the, you know, sports market had become more developed since oh, yeah. Epix brought out California Games 2. Yeah, I I think by then, like, what year was it? Uh, I'm gonna say 92, but I'm not certain. Okay, I mean, I think even by 92, there were much more specialized sports games that, uh, th- that, that had a lot more to offer. Maybe not... I I don't know about any other like Super NES skateboarding games, but I I would have to think so. Yeah, uh, it's actually ninety three for the Super Nintendo, um, but ninety for computers. Oh um, wow! And yeah, and it's already dated then. Yeah, yeah, it's that's a little strange. Uh, the amount of time it took, but you know these are just these are how these things work sometimes. And I also have to imagine that like you know it's the same strategy now. Like you can't. Epics can't like come back as a company and announce California Games three. Like <laughs> nobody was waiting for it. The market isn't there for it anymore. They can't do it. It would have you to know? be it's not... very innovative. Right, right. Or you know, it's just like uh, just make a new kind of sports game. Like don't even call it California Games three. That's such like a weird throwback. You know, there are certain like there are certain games that like I know people get like hyped for and everything like that, but then there's so many other games that were like one offs on consoles that just nobody is expecting <laughs> a sequel for, you know? Like yeah. they're just not gonna do it. There's never gonna be a Jade Empire two. Oh man. Sorry, had to be said. <laughs> anyway, there might never be a Jade Empire two. Uh there is a California Games two. And we're talking about California Games 1, and we're going to finish up this discussion by finding out if California Games is an essential game on the Essential Games list. (laughs) Sean, California Games, does it get the California Games version of whatever the Olympic gold medal is? I will say that California Games, I think the the sales of this game uh, actually do speak to the quality because of... Of the games games that we've played, this is my favorite, uh, at least so far. But without rehashing everything that we've said before, uh, this game is not essential. And a game like it will never be. Yeah, I think that's pretty much where I land, too. Uh, Not an essential game, uh, you know, but we were picking on 
them for choosing California, but I don't think that was the wrong choice. Uh, you know, like it wound up being a really um cool idea to like focus in on that. Like I would argue, you know, I was just I was just being cheeky with spring and fall <laughs> games. Nobody wants those. No. Uh, but maybe you know, like like maybe they could have done alien games after this, like you know, or Mars games. Like that that would have been interesting. And make like, up even, their own sports, right? Make up your own sports on that aliens <laughs> play and stuff like that, but that are loosely based on popular sports throughout the world. I don't know. It's like world games, but with aliens. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I like, I'd play I think that. It could have, you know, I'm just saying, like, they could have kept going with this. Um, California games, while sounding, like, weird, I don't think, like, anybody back then was questioning it. I think nobody even knew Oh well, I played winter games and I played summer games. So I have to get California games. It wasn't like it wasn't like that. This was just oh cool, a uh, bunch of sports that uh, are big in California. I want to be big in California. <laughs> I you know, I can't because you know <laughs> big in Japan, big in California. Yeah, whatever you say, Mike. There's I'm just mixing sayings. <laughs> um, there's another saying too, and that is that. Uh, you can find NostalgiaCast <laughs> on Twitter at NostalgiaCast. Uh, we post things all week long. We posted things about California games all week long. Can you believe that, Sean? We had a week's w- worth of stuff to post about. That's incredible. On, on the Twitter, I gotta get yeah. on that. I gotta start. I gotta start following NostalgiaCast. Oh uh, yeah, I mean a lot of um, a lot of the listeners write in and ask for your handle, and I told them you don't have one. So if you have one, tweet. Nostalgic has something, and maybe we'll retweet it so people can find you. Yeah, I'll see what I can do about that. Yeah, see what you can do. Uh, but you know what the listeners can do for us? They can reply to us at Nostalgicast on Twitter and let us know what they thought of today's episode or any particular episode. Hey, if you're just working your way through the catalog now, weird that you started with this episode. Go back to the beginning. Go all the way through. JK, do it however you want. But let's say that you have thoughts on episode 90. I don't remember what it was. But I said something controversial, like every episode. And you're like, I got to call Mike out for this. We'll do that on the Twitter. That's the best place to talk to us right now. We're posting new episodes every single Friday at 8 a.m. Um, on the dot, too. So if you're getting them at like 8.30, that's on you, man. Like, they're coming at 8. Uh, Sean, you get yours at 8, right? Uh, every 8. Every Friday every 8. 8, yeah. And also, I want to yeah. say that if you have any thoughts on any future episodes that we haven't done yet, and... uh you anticipate us to say something controversial. Uh, I also want you to reach out to Mike, uh, who handles our Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots of people, you know, that's a good point, though, Sean. Like, a lot of people did write in about California games as a game that they remember playing but remember nothing about. Huh. Don't you think that that's an interesting, like, observation of, uh, you know, I, I certainly had games like that that I rented from Blockbuster that I can't even remember the titles of, but I can kind of picture them. Yeah. But I don't remember anything else about them. Yeah, I've got a bunch of those. I can't, again, I can't think of any of them because that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, California games across the board seems to be, uh, something better left to the past. Uh, you know, but maybe next week. When we play whatever it is we're playing next, don't ask me because I clearly... I think it's Desert Commander. Desert Commander. Oh, yeah, it's like back-to-back war games, right? We got Desert Commander next week and then, like, Guerrilla Warfare the week after that. Yeah, whatever. Guerrilla Guerrilla War, yeah. Sure. Guerrilla War, but you know what's what's coming up? What's coming up? Episode episode 190, Mega Man 2. Ooh. 
Yeah, the long-awaited sequel to one of our essential games, uh, Mega Man 2. I've heard good things, um, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see. And we'll have to see you next Friday when we play Desert Commander. Thanks so much. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me at Esposito Film on Twitter. You can always find Nostalgia at NostalgiaCast on Twitter. Talk to you soon. <laughs>